This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hi everyone and thanks for listening. This is one of a handful of Four Star Spurs' bonus episodes called Stateside Spurs Series, and I'm your host, Catherine. During this series, I'll chat with Spurs fans based in the United States about Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, so I certainly hope you join us for a little chat with Stateside Spurs fans. Before we start, I want to acknowledge a question you might be asking. Why are we even recording these conversations? Well, there are a lot of Tottenham supporters who want their voice to be heard, whoever they are, wherever they live, and whatever time of year. There's a lot of, well, everything going on within the football supporter community, and to facilitate a hopeful ever-growing strength in the Spurs community itself, I think there is merit in sharing your stories, why you are Tottenham, why you support this glorious club. That said, because there is so much content out there in the form of podcasts, as well as books and articles and social media, We will try to keep these episodes shorter than others. For now, though, we'll see how that goes. All right, with the introduction to these bonus episodes out of the way, let's do this. episode is Tommy from Chicago and we'll get to know all about him this episode. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Catherine. <laughs> so welcome and thanks for joining. You're uh, welcome. First of all, I need to ask what is your connection with the sport of football and did you have a history of playing or watching it growing up and tell me about your history a little bit. Okay so this is going to be somewhat long-winded I guess. So I started playing soccer or soccer from first through fifth grade, or fourth grade, actually. And what happened is uh, my parents decided that I had to play a sport. So, like, he's, uh, my parents both signed up, my sister and I, to do Tri-City Soccer. So, for those who don't know, I'm actually from Geneva, um, an hour west of Chicago. And what it is is that the local peewee team, so to speak, is uh, Tri-City Soccer. So, it's Geneva, Batavia, and St. Charles. So, it's just... A bunch of, you know, you sign up your kid, and then thankfully for me, um, like literally like 10 people or like five, 10 people from my grade school were on the same team, the Cardinals. So I, I'm like, I have no idea what soccer is, of course. And like my dad told me, it's like, oh, you just kick a ball around and there's a goal at the end, and you know, you score. I'm like, okay. So, like, at the time, I knew just bulls, bears, and baseball you know with culture socks so like that's the gist of it um I hated it at first because I remember first practice like you know I had some people that I went to grade school with but my I don't know maybe it was just being away from home practicing on a random field and I'm just like this is stupid. And I told my parents, I'm like, you know, I want to go home. I'm like, I don't, I don't care for this. And they're like, no, we signed you up for this. You're doing it. And I'm like, all right. And eventually, I learned to love it. 
And then I played until the end of fourth grade. And the reason was because I was doing Taekwondo at the time. And I kicked one of those kicking bags in the summer because soccer was from, they had a fall season and a spring season. And I actually did a kick and broke a bone in my foot. And then I just never did it again. Um, so that was in terms of playing and um, in terms of watching soccer, <laughs> excuse me. So I, I have to preface that re, if you want to know more, I'll probably cover most of it, but look at my bio at uh, fourstarspurs.com. I go more into depth on it, but my first love was actually international soccer. And the reason was because I think I was in fourth grade or end of fourth grade, the World Cup was here in the United States. So, of course, I caught World Cup fever and I just watched whatever I can. So I caught the bug from that. And I didn't even know club soccer existed. So I just tried to watch it whenever I could. And then, like, eventually MLS started a few years later and just kind of watched it whenever I could. How did you then become drawn to Spurs? Okay, so... I have to preface with MLS, like, I just watched at the time because I just liked soccer. And then the fire came around in the, shadow fire came in, in 1998, so I kind of been following them. And then I, I talked about in bits and pieces, but at the time, in like 2001, um, I was on, in a chat room for MSN for formula one so i talked to a lot a lot of british people um one of them well Catherine actually met one of them and he's the burnley fan that i've always referenced so um james and like i talked to a bunch of other people i still keep in touch with a decent amount of them like they were talking about the world cup in 2002 and just club soccer i'm like what the hell is this and then they're like oh they're like I'm like, I knew these people, if you're in international soccer, like you had to be chosen somewhere. You just don't get, you're chosen based off your, off your performance somewhere. I just didn't know how, but club soccer, of course, that made sense. So uh, they're like, so like to get into it and talking about it them with that more, I'm like, it kind of coincided with the 2002 World Cup where um, I'm like, you know what, I'm I'm going to read, or I'm watching USA. They actually progressed really well. They made, I think, the quarterfinals that year. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to read a bunch of magazines. So I remember at the time, um, Sky Point, Borders, I don't know if anybody remembers that. That was actually my favorite bookstore because they had a bunch of British magazines and British newspapers. Barnes & Noble has some, but it, it is not as good as Borders. I can assure you that. So, um... I remember buying 442 and World Soccer. <clears throat> and uh, spoiler, I, like over the years, I actually had years and years worth of 442 magazines. Like I bought pretty much every issue, even when I was in college in a way. But um, so I'm reading on it and then like they had the World Cup preview. And I'm just like, okay, who are all these random clubs? And I'm just like, okay. And then I'm like, eventually I decided that I'm going to pick a team. I know, is that your next question? On how Pretty I chose much. Spurs. Pretty okay. Much, yeah. So. So go ahead. Okay. So for, I'm gonna have to backtrack ever so slightly. <laughs> um. So in 1994, the World Cup, my favorite Spurs or not favorite Spurs, my favorite international team aside from the United States was Sweden. Um. 
We don't have Spoiler. to talk about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll give I'll give them the Cliff Notes version, but give some context then. There's two reasons. A, they got third place that year, but they actually really they appeal to me. I don't know. Well, there's two potential reasons. Probably because they did so well. Secondly, um, the city that I'm from, Geneva, it was actually founded by Swedish immigrants, so it might have been like a subliminal thing at the time. And another side note on Instagram. My favorite player from Sweden, who's I always talk about Zlatan, but my first love was Tomas Brolin. Like he posted something about Sweden national team on Instagram. I told, and I'm like, you're the reason why I support Sweden, and he and he liked that, so I was like, that was kind of cool. But anyways, you're claimed your claim to fame with international football, exactly. In Sweden. <laughs> But really, but, we want to know why you became a Spurs supporter. Well, I'm, so I'm teasing ha- it. Tell- I'm building up. Yeah. So it also involves Sweden. So Sweden was in the World Cup in 2002. And I'm like, who are these big name players? I'm like, okay, Henrik, or, or back to the chat. I'm like, okay, I'm going to support somebody in the, the Premier League because A, it's English. Games should be readily available just because of the spoken language. And B, I can talk to my internet friends about it. So I'm like, okay, Henrik Larsson, I knew he was a good player, but he played for Salting in the Scottish League. And then um, Freddie Lundberg played for Arsenal. I'm like, okay, I'll keep this in the pipeline. Um, and then for America, there was two biggest names. Brad Friedel started the games because Casey Keller was injured. So Brad Friedel played for Blackburn at the time. Casey Keller played for Spurs. But he is the biggest known name for the men's national team at the mm-hmm. time. Landon Donovan was just... A budding youngster, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, up and coming. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, okay, so, there, so I have three choices. Arsenal, Blackburn, or Spurs. And I'm looking Tough at the choice. table. Yeah, well, I'm looking Tough at the table choice. from the previous year. I'm like, okay, it's not Arsenal because they won the title. They're really high up. I'm like, this is just way too easy. I, I'm not going to do it. So it was between Blackburn and Spurs. I was kind of in between them for a little bit. And then right when this, like, in, when September hit, I was pretty much – decided Spurs and you ask my and you ask Tommy why excuse me the reason <laughs> is because my other my favorite player from the 2002 World Cup was Robbie Keane it, uh look up highlights on it but look up the equalizer um that he had against Germany last minute in the group stage I remember watching that you know like I don't know, five in the morning. I was like going nuts. You know, my dad coming home from work because he worked nights at the time. He's like, what the hell's going on? My mom's like waking up just to start work. And she's like, all right, this is too early for me. But I'm like, Robbie King, I remember he signed from Leeds on deadline day. So I'm like, so I'm like, okay, it's been a side end. While there's been some bumps along the way, I can't say, uh, it hasn't, my Spurs fandom hasn't been, or it's been eventful, to say the least. Your Spurs fandom is almost legally able to drink then, is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. So technically, I've been a fan for almost 19 years. Um, and I will preface, though, I was a junior in high school, then about to start my senior year. And I kind of just casually followed them by reading the newspapers and I didn't actually see a game until like sophomore year of college. You might remember this, but at the time, it was Fox Sports World. Mm-hmm. And they would have games live on the weekends, but they would show it on like regional 
Fox station, like Fox mm-hmm. sports station. So like Fox sports, Chicago is the local one for me. They would show like those in a week delay. So I would see them in a week delay, but like I already knew the score, but I'm like, okay, I better get to know these people if I'm in, in this for the long run. So it, it was a rocky first season, of course, but I got through it. Let's just say. So within your 19 years <laughs> of being a Tottenham supporter then, what is your favorite memory and your favorite game? Well, you already know my favorite memory because you were there. Uh, I met Michael Dawson. Yes. Uh, we can, I'll delve in, or I'll see I have a that. photo of that too. Yes. Yeah, I, well, and uh, our good friend Scott from Cincinnati, he took a video of it, but uh-huh. I'll give you the gist of it. Please do. So I was a huge fan of Michael Dawson. Well, it was Robbie Keane and Michael Dawson. They were my favorite players at the time. And then once Robbie Keane left for Liverpool, broke my heart. And then he came back. It wasn't the same. I get why he moved, mm-hmm. but it still stung. Now, I mean, like, I respect him and I'm thankful for what he's done for the team. But it just, like, when he came back, it didn't feel the same. So, I'm, but I'm like, Michael Dawson, he was my favorite player. Because, like, I knew he wasn't the best player. I'll be the first one to say that. But he was a hard worker. I felt like he was defensively sound, like, positionally aware. And I, you, for anybody that's listened to the podcast, you know that for me, I'm, like, I'm all about effort. So, like, if you're not giving it your 100%, I'm, like, you're, for lack of a better term, you're dead to me. So, I'm, like, at least, I, like, with Michael Dawson or – whomever I know you left it all out on the field and at the time the team like was kind of coming off the downside of being fourth place and having Champions League in the whole Chelsea being Bayern Munich <laughs> so um ADB, we don't have to get into that <laughs> no I'll get to the gist of it so like Andre Villas-Boas he was manager and he shut him out and then I'm like you know, I'm like, I think Michael Dawson has a lot to offer. Eventually, he won his way back into the squad. And eventually, at that time, I owned it. I'm like, you know, I was like the rah-rah Michael Dawson fan. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not ashamed about it. I, I I didn't care about it at the end. So, eventually, the bartender at the bar at the time, John, great guy. Uh, he, when Spurs came to Chicago in the summer of 2014, he kind of helped orchestrate the whole thing. And that, like... And this was a day before I met Michael Dawson. So, like, he kind of set some things up, talked to him. And then um, I – well, you and I and a bunch of other people were chosen to get, like, autographs from Spurs players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was later down the line. And then, like, I didn't even know – our good friend Scott was talking to him. He's like, dude, that guy – that guy's t-. it's like, hey, you know Tom? He's like, he's like, is that you? And I'm like, no, that's a guy down there. He's like, okay. So <laughs> then – and I'm like, oh, it's like – it, I'm not going to mention the, I'm not going to tell you how to find the video, but if you ask me, I'll send you the link for anybody that's listening. If not, um, but the gist of it was like, he was like, I was like, oh, you know my name. And I was like, I was like a, a preteen girl at like an instant concert. I was very excited. Yeah, you were to, very giddy. To say, say so, little, yeah. So I have, I have no qualms with you saying that that's your favorite memory of being. Oh, yeah. No, this is like, and I wouldn't, like, everybody told me, like, oh, yeah, people always say he's a nice guy and all stuff. And I'm, like, you know, in my 20s, and I'm, like, I've had reservations. Like, you never really want, like, because there's always an air of mystique around players. So it's, like, you feel, like, and you don't want to, you don't want to be let down. So, I'm like, a part of me at the time was, like, 
I don't want to meet Michael Dawson because like what happens if he's a, a jerk and it can let me down, but worked itself out. So Nick, now that that's your favorite memory, what's your favorite match? Or do you have one specific one? Off the top of my head right now, I have two. Okay. Um, first one was in 2010, Champions League group stage. I mean, everybody knows it. It's the coming out party of Gareth Bale to the to the world, where he had taxi for MyCon. Um, I don't know if you watched it specifically. I watched it live. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, I illegally stream. Uh, but so I'm watching it, and I'm Which, like, we're done. If it, for everyone listening, we do not condone illegal streaming officially. Yeah. That actually should be a disclaimer. <laughs> that is our but, disclaimer. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Um, but what what it was is that I'm like, you know, we're down one. Um, I think it was Gomez, and he had a penalty. He gave up a penalty in the box. Came two nil, and they came three nil really early, and then they came four nil. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not. I wasn't working at the time, so what happened was. I'm like, you know what? I got nothing better else to do. I, at the time, I've been a fan of Spurs for eight years. And I literally put this in uh, the big soccer forum for anybody that wants to dig. Um, that's where I used to chat about Spurs a lot at the time. And I'm like, I'm handcuffing myself to the ship. I'm watching the rest of this game because I'm like, I don't know whenever we're going to be in the champions again. I'm going to savor this regardless of the outcome. And Gareth Bale scores a hat trick within 10 minutes. Granted, we lost. But it felt like we, I mean, like, it felt like a giant killing because Inter Milan at the time were the Champions League uh, winners, or they, they were the trophy holders because they won the previous season. Um, second one was a month later uh, when we beat Arsenal 3-2 at the Emirates. Um, I'm watching the same, watching it. I'm like, I didn't have any high hopes. But I was, I'm like, you know, it's Saturday. I'm, I'm hanging out with my friends there, but I'm like, you know, got nothing to do. College football isn't on. Let's watch this. Let's see how it goes. And I'm like, okay, Gareth Bale scores the first goal. And then Raphael Vandervaart gets a penalty. I'm like, oh, things are looking good. I'm like, it still wasn't bringing my hopes up. I'm like, mm-hmm. we haven't won. Interesting. We ha- yeah, we <laughs> haven't won. Well, we've never won at the Emirates, but we've never won at Arsenal in, like, I don't know, 20 years. And, I mean, let's see what happens. And then we get the penalty, or a free kick, and then, uh, who's his name? Eunice Kabul gets the header, and I was like, holy crap. And I'm like, I'm sitting on pins and needles for the next whatever minute, but I was just like, yeah, that, it made my weekend. So, um, I mean, other so games two- are t- but those are two uh, that are from, what, a decade ago. Uh, yeah. And my next question, though, for you is, I know this answer, but have you seen Spurs? And would one of those matches that you've seen be a highlight? I've seen Spurs multiple times, and I would say no, just because my record with Spurs is abysmal. <laughs> um, so in 2014... I saw two summer games, so I went to Seattle. They tied, and then a week later, I saw Spurs against Chicago. They won, but I'm like, it's preseason, you know, no big deal. 
And then I saw another three games. So the next two games, I went with you and British Rick, Scott, Anthony, and Shannon were there. Uh, oh, and also Tall Rick, mm-hmm. that you guys would know from the podcast. We were there in 2015. We lost against Astonville, and realistically speaking, that win helped them stay up and prevented them from getting relegated. And some Sherwood's manager at the time, and I, I loathe him. Let's just say so. I <laughs> and I kind of stung. And hey, Alex. we speaking of that match though in particular, we as Spurs friends from the U.S. were able to see DeAndre Yedlin in his only appearance. Oh yeah. So that's our claim to fame, I think. Yes, and we also <laughs> got to meet Brad Friedel again. Uh, like when we got the tour of the field, so that was actually kind of cool. Oh, so the thong gear. This was the game right after the Battle of the Bridge. We, bunch of, so like, for example, uh, Kevin and Nate from the podcast were there with me. Um, Tall Rick, he was there. Uh, James, he hasn't been on for a while, but he was there as well. Um, So it was after the Battle of the Bridge. If we won that game, we would have sealed up second place. Mm -hmm. Um, It was against Southampton. We lost. I mean, did I have a great time, of course. It was like... I mean, nobody's <laughs> gonna rem- nobody's gonna remember it, but it was technically the last game that White Harling was at full capacity, so that was kind of cool to see. Uh, and then the last Spurs game that I went to was another preseason game. I think it was 2018. You were there as well. We were in a bunch of us. We were in Nashville mm-hmm. um, playing against Manchester City in the International Champions Cup or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But yeah, I. It kind of sucks because I've literally seen one Spurs win out of what the five or six that I've seen or whatever. So, but but during your matches that you've gone to see them, and even across the 19 years that you've been a a supporter, mm-hmm. I want to talk and pivot a little bit about your favorite player, um, not necessarily Michael Dawson, but. Yeah. Uh, your favorite player, how they play, the tenacity, the 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 passion. Um, do you have a specific person that you can point out that you really enjoy watching? I, well, I'll just say right now, when like when I did Tri City Soccer as a kid, they would just th- like it, it wasn't competitive. It was just to have fun and run and learn teamwork and socialize i guess so i played a i played all positions one like throughout those four or five years but i would say the like you know everybody wants to be the quarterback or the guy that scores i mean Mm -hmm. scoring goals or whatever is great of course but i kind of learned throughout that time my niche was more defensive Mm -hmm. So I think that's another reason why I resonate with Michael Dawson. But um, other than that, I would say, like, uh, veteran Shore Luca, he was probably one of my favorites as well. I think he's in a similar mode of Michael Dawson because he was offensively sound. You knew he would get, give it his all. Um, he what and, like, uh, people might say, like, oh, the like, during my time, p- people might argue that, you know, whether it be Kieran Trippier or Serge Aurier or Kyle Walker might be the best right back. But I'm like, in pure defensive, like, as a defender, as a right back, I'm I'm saying veteran Chorluka was mm-hmm. the best. 
and he and he could actually cross too. So that's a bonus. Um, I would say if we're moving more up the field, I would say Musa Dembele. He's another guy. Um, hmm. I mean, I, I can't say I'm the strongest guy, but like if if I played right now, that would be somebody that I would like to mold my game after during his prime because he he would just bounce off of other people. Spassi might not have been greatest, but like he was kind of the box to box midfielder that like anybody any team to dream of like I don't and like I think in terms of Spurs like he gets a lot of praise but he's still he's the player that is still an unsung hero because he gets he does the dirty work and for me I'm in the similar mold where I'm like I don't need the accolades I'm like if the right people appreciate me that's where it counts let's just say like I don't need some random (laughs) like homer of a fan being like hey you did great i'm like i'm like well it's appreciated that's great but i'm like if the coach is telling me if the coach and teammates are telling me hey we appreciate you we know what we know you do all the dirty work i'm like Mm -hmm. that's enough for me so you mentioned dawson charluca and dembele but who's your favorite current spurs player he's not on the squad now technically because he's still on loan until the end of the month but I'm. I find a lot of promising things about Oliver Skip. I'm very excited to see what he has the next few seasons. Okay. But um, in terms of actual current squad, if you wanted to be technical, I'm looking at the squad right now. So I'm saying Hugo Lloris. I. I love. Like, I'll just. Well, there's two. I'll say Hugo Lloris because, like, at the time, I remember he was playing at Nice at the time. I'm like, this is this young up-and-coming goalkeeper mm-hmm. st- starting goalkeeper for france in 2010 for anybody that knows me like i talk a lot about goalkeepers i'm like and like i've said the whether it be our podcast chat like we, we got to get donna rumo we got to get all these other people like like casper casper schmeichel like i'm a huge fan of him um but like i knew about him at the time and then he went to leon and then i'm like when he signed for us for like 12 million i was like this is nuts i'm like it was a I thought that was a pipe dream. Wildest dreams could never thought it happened, but like, I know I rag on Hugo, but like deep down, I've always defended him like great shot stopper distribution, not the greatest, but I'm kind of old school when it comes to that. I'm like, if in terms of distribution, I'm like, I'd rather look for somebody that just keeps the ball out rather if he, if, if that's his main uh, attribute compared, like Man, or Manuel Neuer. I mean, he's a great all rounder, but he's also known as that sweeper keeper. But I'm like, I'm like, I'd rather focus on. I, I'd rather have leave it to somebody else to distri- distribute if necessary. So you know, um, the other one I would say kind of fits the mold. What I said about Chorluca, Dawson, and then Bele is Lucas Mora. I, I didn't really have an opinion about him for like the first couple years. I just thought he was kind of inconsistent at times, but I would say ever since he, Josie Mourinho became manager, I've grown to appreciate him a lot more just because while I know he has limitations, like he's not, he looks down when he dribbles and he's not the greatest passer or his shots are not the greatest, but he's the guy that I want on Spurs because he's all effort. You know that he presses, he tracks back. 
I'm trying to be more positive for this episode, so I'm not going to slag off <laughs> any other players. But, you know, with Lucas Moore, like, I'm like, at the time of recording, of course, um, whoever becomes new manager, I hope they keep him because this is a guy that, whether it be youth or any seasoned player, should strive to lead or should follow his example in terms of effort, um, you know, 110% leaving all on the field type deal. Great. Well, um, I do want to kind of pivot for the last few questions. And I wanted to ask, what is your favorite or most cherished memory about being in an official supporters group in Chicago? I have two, I guess I would say is, I mean, kind of goes back to meeting Michael Dawson because I mean, I've, I've been going to the Atlantic for a very long time. Pretty like I was at the first meeting that we decided to go there. It's like, um, not, well, one of the British shows, um, Joe T as Anthony would call him, or he's the one with an American accent. Like I was like, he was probably the first Chicago Spurs member that I'd met. They introduced me to everybody else. Um, and then he was at that first meeting at the Atlantic. And I remember meeting him, remember meeting John, at the time because he was working and just the fact that like like for example like joe i've known him for almost 10 years technically i i've known when you Mm -hmm. moved here in 2013 yeah so i've known you for almost eight years like the people on the podcast i would say that's kind of my main group of friends in terms of the soccer community Mm -hmm. um minus a few others but like all the friendships that i've made or like if I didn't go to the bar consistently and people didn't know about me, like they would know my love for Michael Dawson and the fact that John wouldn't have pulled some strings to get to that practice. Cause that was a close practice that he was at. And he, and like, because of that, like if I didn't know him or didn't go to the bar, he wouldn't have talked to Michael Dawson or if I go to the bar consistently, I wouldn't have been the one who got the golden ticket to get the autographs. Um, you know, just knowing all the, like, Aside from my other core group of friends back in the suburbs, like, I feel like I've made a lot of, like, lifelong friendships, camaraderie. Like, we got, um, I never thought as a high schooler or somebody in college that I'm like, hey, I'm going to go to this bar on the weekends, (laughs) hang out with a bunch of Spurs fans and talk soccer after the games, have lunch with them, or other random times hang out. Um, cause like, for example, going back to college, like I didn't know any other Spurs fans. Um, my friend Jake, he was on the same floor as me. He's a Liverpool fan. Um, another guy that I had class with, he was a Roma fan. So I'm like, like I, at the time I knew that Spurs wasn't like the Manchester United, the Arsenal's, the Liverpool's of the world. We're still not. We kind of moved up ever so slightly, but I don't think whether it be you or anybody else, I don't think we ever would have thought this would happen. Or like, but the biggest, but the other biggest memory I would say is the Champions League semifinal second leg, where we beat Ajax mm-hmm. to get to the final. Um, so my background is, it was a busy week for me that week. We never made it to the semifinals, of course. So I'm like, I was there for the first leg. And I told my coworker, he's a gooner. And I'm like, he's like, are you going? I'm like, I don't know, probably not. We're, we look like crap. 
that whole that whole tail end of the season, we looked terrible. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to be on a downer. And then I'm like, I'm thinking ahead. I'm like, maybe I should go just because I don't know. I might miss out on something. Or mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, if we if we if we lose, so be it. At least you know, I mean, it is what it is. And then I'm like, literally the day before, I'm like, I told my boss, I'm like, can I take the afternoon off? He's like, yeah, go ahead. I'm like, cool. And we know what happened. And like, we had. I think it was like 70 or 80 people on a Wednesday at the bar. And it was like one of the guys that I met, he was from, I think he was a season ticket holder because he was there for the first match against Crystal Palace on when the new stadium opened. He's like, here, take this flag. It's like, that was there at the gate or it was at the game. And it's like, this might bring you good luck for the finals. Like, all right, cool. So it's like, it's having these, like I said before, having these weird, long-lasting re- relationships and friendships mm-hmm. with other people. And, like, if I was at home with this, like, would I be going jumping up and down, sobering? Yeah, but I'm like, the fact that I was with a bunch of people that I've been friends with for a long time, we've suffered through this. A lot of people have been fans for a long time, um, even relatively new fans. They, they know their stuff. I mean... It sounds minuscule, but for Spurs, it's our probably our biggest achievement in the Premier League era. Let's be realistic. So the fact that I got to share that with other people, from a personal level, I thought that was pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah, like I would say, while the team hasn't been performing the way I want to recently, like, am I, like, aside from meeting new people and having these long last lifelong friendships. Um, it's great, but also like I feel like the club has treated like aside from the on field stuff of course, but like the like when the club like when we're at the stadium or like with when they like fan experience stuff, like the they really take care of us. So I like I don't have any regrets about being a Spurs fan. You would hope so <laughs> no. And and also you hit on something that kind of goes with my next my penultimate question my next question is how would you characterize spurs fans who are stateside i'm not saying we're well i would definitely say we're welcoming but and i wouldn't say maybe it's just the type of people that spurs or spurs attracts i don't know or maybe it's because it weeds out glory hunters like man you chelsea etc but um so for example i few years ago, I was in Philadelphia. Uh, people were great there, very nice and welcoming. Um, Austin, I went there for Pachtoberfest. I would say, like, yeah, the fans are here. Like, I think the, I think the biggest thing, like, as a whole, I would say Spurs fans in this country are pretty knowledgeable, generally speaking, because, mm-hmm. and you kind of have to be. Because we are not the most popular team. So, like, for example, with Man United, years ago with Ronaldo, like, you you can kind of use him as a crutch and carry yourself that way. But, like, with us, aside from Harry Kane, like, you like you see, like, and you kind of notice this with all the jerseys that people have. Like, I have two Dawson, two Lamella, a Sandro, Vertonghen, etc. There is a wide, like, people don't just have Harry Kane and Gareth Bale on the back of their shirt 
like I remember you, I think you have Vertongan. Oh, I have all the Belgians. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, because of that, you kind of have to know your stuff. And I would say, in terms of other American soccer fans, we kind of get a little sympathy just because of the hand we're dealt, whether it be Daniel Levy or just we're always that one last step, we're one step short of, winning something or making it big like like going back to glory hunters like people would expect americans to be like man united um arsenal from years ago chelsea man city etc but it's like i feel like for the most part spurs fans are or i mean sports fans in the uk like they're pleasantly surprised when i'm a spurs fan and i kind of tell them like oh yeah i've been a fan for like 2000 like dude they were really crappy back then like oh i know (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, I suck suck it out. But other than that, I would say, like, like, or they're like, and you came here for this? I'm like, well, I always wanted to go to London. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm an Anglophile. I love Formula One. I've some, like, each year, like, or like my Burnley friend, I met him one year, or the first year you met him. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2016, I met other, my other friend from the same chat, Lynn. She lives up in Enfield. Like, she's literally... She literally lived, like, lives 10 minutes away from the training ground. She's, like, I don't know, and, and Fieldian. Like, she, she's lived there her whole life. <laughs> so, like, it's not, I don't know if it's respect or it's kind of, like, but I would say at least in the UK, we get a little bit of crud, but like, hey, you know what? That guy's a soccer fan, well, footy fan, and then he, but, like, but he supports Spurs. Like, we'll rag on him because of the banter aspect. But we'll give him respect because he didn't choose some, he didn't choose, he didn't take the, he or she did not take the easy way mm-hmm. out. So, and not to praise my parents or, or give them exceedingly growing praise, <laughs> but like, they always told me that like, whatever you do, you have to stick with it. So I think that's the other reason why I kind of stuck with Spurs. Like I joked around in the guys chat, I'm like, oh, army kind of wishes I supported Blackburn. Because I'm like, yeah, they might have won League Two, but at least they won something recently. I mean, I, I say that in jest, of course, but yeah, like I said, it's it's been a long ride, but um, I wrote, I think it was one of the last lines of my, how I became a Spurs fan on the website, but I'm like, once we win something big, the satisfaction will be infinitely I don't know about it, exponentially better compared to like a Chelsea fan or a Liverpool fan of recently when they won Champions League or the Premier League. So, and I, I would, I think you and I can at least agree, like we'll cherish it more because we know the, because I mean, realistically speaking, we haven't won a trophy in what, 13 years mm-hmm. as of right now. So we know they don't grow on trees for us. So <laughs> we, so like, I'm taking whatever I can get, let's just say. Very true. Well, and and that kind of brings me to my last question. What is your starting 11 for Tottenham of all time? Yeah, um, so I've laid out some hints, of course. <coughs> or it's just words, but um, I actually, this is for all. So my friend Kevin, who's one of the first Spurs fans I met, he actually put a post in the Shadow Spurs Facebook group, and I'm pretty sure this is what I had. So I did a 4-2-3-1, um, goalkeeper Hugo Lloris, 
Granted, I did love Paul Robinson back in the day. I thought he was just, he had a short peak, but I, I thought he was great. Um, but it's Hugo Lloris, and then right back, I have Benjamin Chorluka, center back pairing, I have Dawson, uh, Lovely King. Left back, I had Danny Rose, and then the, or the two midfielders, uh, Edgar Davids, Moussa Dembele. Uh, the attacking midfielders, I have Gareth Bale, Eric Lamella, and Aaron Lennon. Um, and so for Eric Lamella, I'm like, he's kind of, I would say he's kind of like Lucas Moore, except he's just more erratic. He's more your outlier on the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I love the guy. I mean, I know that his days at the, in the squad are outnumbered, but, and then Aaron Lennon, <laughs> he kind of, I was always a fan of him. I know he had like his crossing wasn't that great, but he was he was a speedster. And he kind of gave me hope during the dark years of mid to late two thousands just because he was supposed to be the heir apparent to David Beckham for England. You knew he was good. Um I mean I, I'd still say overall he had a great career, but I, I would say he's a sentimental favorite. In terms of the striker, one would say Harry Kane. I love Harry Kane. Am I thankful for what he does for us? Yes. But he's not my starting striker. It's Jurgen Klinsmann. And this is very – but I'll kind of go back to it. Um, So back in 1994, the World Cup, I don't know, I, I didn't care for Germany, but I always loved watching – aside from Tomas Brolin from Sweden, Jurgen Klinsmann was one of my favorite players. Like, I remember – his goal in the rain in at soldier the old soldier fielding in Belgium in the knockout stage. He made everything seem so effortless, and he just made everything look fun. And then I didn't realize until like the mid to late two thousands they actually played for Spurs. So that and Brad Friedel like kind of ending his career at Spurs. I'm like, I'm not saying it's fate, but these are some odd coincidences. Maybe it's somebody <laughs> telling me that I should have, I supported Spurs and I did. So, and I should, I should also tell everybody, I know this isn't the best squad. So do you think that it would grab a trophy? League Cup, FA Cup? Probably not the league. Um, ooh, I think definitely League FA Cup and Europa League. Maybe quarterfinals, semifinals. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would say... This is definitely a top four team. The, the weakest, I mean, the biggest weakest link is Michael Dawson, of course. But I mean, I'm, I'm not not putting him in my starting eleven. So of course, yeah. <laughs> well, that's all my questions. So thank you, Tommy, for joining me this episode. You're welcome. And for you listeners out there. Make sure you follow and subscribe to Four Star Spurs wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you do like the pod, do us a favor and write us a review, please. Also, thank you to Charlie for the music, Kevin for social media, Kimberly for the logo, and Four Star Spurs for the use of the brand. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Four Star Spurs. That's all for now. Come on, you Spurs.